Inside of a love perspective, like love. We do it all for the love, y'all. Yeah, we do it all for the love, y'all. Whether white, black, Spanish, ain't a thug, y'all. We do it, we give it all for the love, y'all. We just hi. This is Rhonda Clark, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWG, the truth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. We love getting down in the love of cool breeze. Love seeing checks from record companies. Love, love, and love, cause I love what I do. And we do a thing for the one I do. And the rest of the country, cause we're from there too. Making sure love is given when I get it from you. Everybody, we regulate the party and shit. Come on, love it when I get a little rugged with it. Love, the circumstance to make my dough flow right. Love rocking mics, plus the ill style nice. She does it real good, but love to make it more better. Got me kinda open in the DK sweater. Love when my people's come home from jail biz. Really love women, and I really love kids. Love tight clubs where the music just bang. Can't with gas women or a shorty got bangs. Loving it, yeah, yeah. I'm loving it, yeah. Love a woman when she got a tight outfit. Come on, outfit mean an outlook and disposition. Uh. You love it when it does a love composition. Love peanut butter and jelly on wheat. Wildin' out, making hot shit to high beats from Ohio to Poughkeepsie from Phoenix to NC from Cali to DC. Love it when the pressure falls right on me. Uh. Love it when God keeps on overlooking. Do a tight show so promoters keep booking. We do it all for the love, y'all. Yeah, we do it all for the love, y'all. We get the paper, but it's still for the love, y'all. From the heart inside of the heart, y'all. We do it, we do it all for the love, y'all. For real, for the love, for the love, y'all. All my people's in the ghettos for the love, y'all. All my people's on the ground for the love, y'all. For the Love, y'all. 
Okay, yes, we are back. KCWG, thetruth.com. This program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, the final week of campaigning is here. Election day is up on us. November 3rd is just right around the corner, y'all. We've, we've waited a long time for this moment. People have been voting for the last 30 days or so, depending on what part of the country you are in. Some people have been waiting for this day because certain regions are only allowed by region to vote in person. So needless to say, people are excited. People are nervous. People are anxious. And I think we're going to have a, uh, a really profound election day turnout. Uh, and it's going to be necessary because the number of mail-in ballots and people that have voted early already, uh, the numbers are absolutely staggering. This is going to be a turnout election like none that has come prior to this uh, record setting. And so for good reason, because there is a whole lot on the line. I know that is said every election season, every four years, but this is really an existential election of our time. So I wanted to have a conversation with some voters across the land. Y'all know how we've been doing it for the last few weeks. I've been bringing people on from different parts of the country. Last week, if you tuned in, we had people from six different states, from Red State, Kentucky, and North Carolina, Michigan, uh, Florida. Oh my God, we, we've been all over the place and I am very happy to welcome Michigan, Michigan again for this one. And we have a brand new guest out of Pennsylvania and a returning guest out of Delaware. So let's start with our returning champs first. Uh, this, this amazing lady has been here a couple of times before. She's an educator. Uh, she works in the beautiful state of Delaware where uh, the uh, vice presidential candidate running for president, Joe Biden has recently cast his vote and I'm sure he cast the vote for himself. <laughs> in the home state of Delaware, uh, the home of our current guest right here. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good sister, Dr. Catherine Norris. Dr. Norris, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, DJ Rome. So glad to be here this afternoon with you. Um, That's right. Yes. So I am actually um, living, so I have my feet in two different states. I'm living in Delaware, wow. Uh, Claymont, Delaware, and I am working in the state of Pennsylvania, so I'm uh, doing a little bit in both. Yes, I need to know that because I forget, you know, California is so huge. There's so many states out there that are so close together. So that's that's an easy uh, commute. Uh, yes. You say between the two. OK, so you're in Pennsylvania along with our next guest. So I'm going to get to our uh, first time guest in just a second. But this other returning champ, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, this good sister has toured all over the world. She's usually been here as an incredible singer. Uh, she's formerly with Taboo Records with uh, the legendary Clarence Avant. Uh, she's worked with the likes of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Uh, she's got songs right now uh, going up the charts in the UK as we speak. So I, I can't wait to hear a little bit about that. But she's also an amazing licensed professional clinical counselor right there in the beautiful state of Michigan. So ladies and gentlemen, also welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good sister, Miss Rhonda <laughs> Clark. Miss Clark, how you doing? Hi, DJ Rome. I am well. All is well. How are you, darling? Oh, cool and the gang. I always got to say, I always say cool and the gang, but it has special meaning now, Rhonda, since we lost Ronald Bell recently. A cool. I know. Gang. But I still right. say I'm cool and the gang. How are you doing out there in Michigan? I, I am well. I am. I all is well. Um, you know, and thank you for uh, having having me and uh, the other ladies on the show, your final show and uh, before this election. Uh, mm -hmm. As an entertainer, I'm happy to be here. As a clinician, mental health practitioner, I'm, I'm happy to be here. And as a voter. 
Absolutely. I am, and you're my friend and I thank you and um, I'm excited. Thank I, you. I thank you as well. And uh, thank you so much for accepting the invitation because we, we like to say, um, as we turn to our, our final guests for this one, Rhonda and Catherine, um, we don't like to diagnose from afar and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but politics has invaded our space, right? We, yes. we want to we be left alone and just do what we do. Yes. But yes. all this stuff has come into our world. So we have yes. one more guest, Catherine and Rhonda. Uh, this next guest, this good sister, uh, is actually an associate professor of uh, graduate social work. Uh, she is also on the East Coast in the wonderfully uh, competitive region of Pennsylvania. And I think I got this one right, Catherine. Uh, this guest is in Philly. Oh, I hope I got that right. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. but she's also here for the very first time. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the very first time to Psychotic Bump School, our good sister, Dr. Janae Akbar. Janae, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, I it's am a in Philly. I am in Philly. Um, I've been here a long time, but I was born and raised in the Baltimore, D.C. area. So I have some pretty significant roots there. Ooh, and the also... Yeah, my family, uh, my dad and my mom lived in the Bay Area for about 10 years. So I have some connections to Oakland and San Francisco as well. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, we have uh, three sisters here from the East Coast. Uh, two are in the Rust Belt. Well, all three of y'all are in the so-called Rust Belt area. So uh, I'm just going to open it up to y'all uh, as sisters heading into this election as professional people that are working. And as we said, the, the politics has invaded all of our lives in a, um, a very profound way. Uh, how in the world are y'all doing? What are you seeing in your areas out there? Uh, can we go to Catherine first? Catherine, what can you tell us about what you're seeing on the ground there where you are uh, in the world of education? Uh, you've been distance learning for a little bit now. Uh, how's it looking out there uh, where you're, uh, Janae and you are? And then I wanna hear from uh, Janae and then we'll swing over to Rhonda Clark. So I, you know, I was talking to a colleague yesterday and she was saying that she considers uh, the area where we teach in uh, Pennsylvania to be a purple state. So we're uh, half uh, red and half blue. So you see a combination of both. Um, I think me living in Delaware, Delaware is excited to have Biden uh, on a ticket and, you know, I can see a whole lot of activity. We see that our mail-in ballots are a lot higher than we even anticipated here in Delaware. Um, right. So we're excited. We're excited about this election. We're excited about having it end, but we're also a little yeah. bit on edge and a little bit nervous, hoping that you know we don't run into any shenanigans. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know if you saw those ballots. Yeah. Most definitely. Did you see how they surrounded his bus on his way to Texas yesterday? Oh my God. Shenanigans like that are not cool, right, Janae? I oh mean, we don't 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 slip and fall, Joe Biden. Don't don't yeah. don't slip on a banana peel. Mm -hmm. It's like we don't need any October surprises now that we're out of October in the month of November. So, uh, Catherine, I, I suspect that you're right, Janae. What are your thoughts on that? And then let's turn to Rhonda Clark. Yeah, you know, I mean, Philly is holding it down. I'm encouraged about Philly. You know, Philly is solid blue. Um, no problems here. I think what we're worried about is the rest of the state, uh, which is sometimes mm -hmm. folks refer to as Pennsylvania, because it's mm -hmm. mighty red once you leave Pennsylvania, yes. Philly, you know. So yes. um, I would agree with Catherine that Westchester area, Chester County, which is like maybe 45 minutes outside of Philly, mm -hmm. um, 
is probably purple, but I would probably say leaning a little reddish, honestly. Um, oh, there's been a lot of talk about the surrounding, so Philly is sort of in the middle and then there's five counties that surround Philly. And mm-hmm. so there's been a lot of pressure in those areas to sort of see you know, which ways those suburban voters are gonna go. Um, mm-hmm. I've been encouraged, I have lots of friends who live in the, in the surrounding counties saying that you know, driving around their neighborhoods, they see lots of Biden-Harris um, signs out. So mm-hmm. I'm encouraged, but we'll see. You know, it's just we just don't know how it's going to go till the day comes. So. Oh, that's right. Well, stand by, Rhonda, one second. Uh, Janae, can I, I press down a little bit on that? Because being from too close as you are, mm-hmm. uh, in what ways are sentiments similar from the Bay Area here in California to what you're seeing out there? Because you're right. I've been hearing for several months that uh, significant parts of the so-called Rust Belt in Pennsylvania look a lot like uh, the South. Yeah. You know, yeah, so uh, any comparison between there and um, the Bay Area of California? Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, know a ton about um, politics in California. I mean, my dad actually worked for Willie Brown for a very long time. Okay. So, yeah, mm-hmm. but um, what I do understand sort of just generically is that you know we know in the big cities the, the cities tend to be more diverse into into lean blue but once you leave San Francisco once you leave LA once you leave Philly once you leave Pittsburgh you know um it's a little different out in those in those small towns and those small counties so I would assume that is similar in uh in California as well absolutely they're keeping a close watch on your polls out there in Philly so I definitely want to come back to you and talk to you about that We've been covering on this show, Janae, and out in uh, Michigan where uh, Rhonda is, uh, we've been talking on this show, Rhonda, about how that they, you know, this guy said, liberate Michigan, and they threatened to, to kidnap your governor. Oh and so <laughs> what is, what in the world, and you're, you're out there near Flint. So Rhonda, yep. Clark, what are you seeing down there, you know, working in entertainment and being in the, the mental health world as well? How, how do you see things where you are? Um, you know, surprisingly, it was uh, some things that uh, came up. I won't guess put it out there because there's some of the people that I know that uh, surprisingly um, were, uh, were, I guess, Republican voters, are Republican voters now. Mm-hmm. However, you have people in Michigan, and I know they're in Flint, they, uh, they are hoping for, you know, waiting for Biden win. And my thing is, as a mental health therapist, people are are stressed and overwhelmed and anxious about this election, mm-hmm. um, as we all probably are. Um, they did try. <laughs> they did try to kidnap uh, our governor, Governor Whitmore. Mm-hmm. And um, as you know, there was no response from Trump. None. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's kind of, you know, we've been just kind of on edge here, but everybody is coming out in numbers. One of my, my friends, his wife is working the polls and, um, uh, mm. I will be voting in person, in person. Oh, okay. 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 I haven't voted yet. Cause I've been working from morning till night. You know, I do the music and, um, as a therapist, we're doing the tele, um, you know, we're doing the calls over the phone. Yeah. Um, so morning till evening my schedules are full. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just praying and uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm just, you know, I'm just praying. 
We need prayer. Yeah. So like I said, uh, there will be uh, significant numbers of same day voters. And it sounds like Michigan is one of those states where uh, same day voting uh, is mandated. You you have not been able to vote in advance or you haven't been able to because. Oh, no, no, I just haven't been able to. But a lot okay. of my friends have already voted. My brothers, I mean, people have already voted. I mean, people are telling me already they sent their vote. No, 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 no. They're telling okay. me. There you go. Took it off. Right. <laughs> they took it in person and dropped it off. That's what I've been hearing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a mental health professional. I have to say, I was a little concerned when after that kidnapping plot, and then yeah. Whitmer was on all the TV shows that night. I said, Yeah, just go home and talk to your therapist. That's traumatic. <laughs> she was out there speaking yeah. out of every show with a smile, fully dressed. I said, Oh my God, I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. he was holding it down even though that i mean i just can't even imagine i just women are tough y'all women are just tough y'all y'all got backbone and we sometimes we uh, afford way too much uh uh, praise you know regarding that because it it renders the 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 male counterparts (laughs) helpless (laughs) letting y'all do all the heavy lifting and it shouldn't have to be like that Somebody should be circling her and making sure that uh, she, she's got protection around her. She seems undaunted, though. I agree with what you're saying, Janae. Catherine, your age group, I wonder how similar it is, because not all college students are uh, 18 to 22, but I'm guessing that that's the, the, the dominant uh, demographic that uh, you're seeing around you uh, with online learning. And I'm just wondering, uh, between yourself and what Rhonda does, in Michigan, um, what do you see? Are you able to ascertain, you know, with distance learning, uh, young voters um, and voters that may not be in that demographic? Are you? What can you tell us about what you've heard or conversation? What are they saying about this election? Are they engaged? Are they nervous? Are they worried? Are they optimistic? Uh, what's your take on that, Catherine? So I think that typically we see and can feel the buzz on campus, right? So we usually see the students out there with their tables and volunteering and handing out information. So now that we're not on campus, I don't see that and I don't have an opportunity to see what the engagement um, looks like, but I have heard from various uh, sources and have seen student engagement that the students are engaged and they are active and they do plan to vote. I think that in the polls prior to uh, a lot of, um, prior to COVID and prior to um, the racial unrest, we were expecting low voter turnouts. But now um, after the summer, we see students are really engaged. We see a lot of schools that are um, activating and doing grassroots efforts um, and allowing schools to close early or allowing schools to uh, not count students as being out if they miss on Tuesday uh, because of long lines. So the students are active and they're engaging and they're asking for what they need um, from the colleges. Oh, very good. Janae, you wanna chime in on that? Yeah, I was going to say, um, I teach mostly graduate students who tend to be a little bit older, but right. I have been doing some work in Philly public schools um, over the past several months. And lots of high school seniors that I've seen have been doing a lot of like young voter registration drives and everything. Um, I just was out um, yesterday at a at a rally that was led by um, high school students. And they've been working really hard over the past six months to get like new voters, high school seniors and like you know, early college um, first year students registered to vote. So I'm encouraged by the young people. I really am. Oh, that's great. That's great. 
Well, California, and, I'll just speak on that, uh, but I'll wait for Rhonda. Rhonda, you want to chime in? No, I just want to say too, um, it's funny, I, I won't say who, you know, who my son is, but he's 21, he's still in college, and mm. I won't say it for a lot of reasons, he's, um, but, um, and it's a private college, but this summer, a representative was there and heard him speaking, he writes poetry, and um, his, uh, his original, uh, his, his original, when he entered college, his original um, aimed to be was was to be a doctor and a physician, and then he ended up changing it, and now he's going to be a professor after mommy's been paying all this money. But that's okay. That's but okay. he's still in college. He's still in college. I want him to do what he feels and what he loves okay. because um, I I wouldn't care what he picked. But it's just like okay, I was paying this money. Could you have just decided that I paid it all for this? Now I got to pay it all mm -hmm. for this. But uh, representative uh, state represent somebody running for state representative saw him and um, asked him to speak, asked to interview him, and he did this summer, 21. He was, I think, 20 at the time. He hadn't even turned 21. Mm -hmm. And um, he spoke because she was so intrigued with the way he spoke about racial issues mm -hmm. and um, the coronavirus. And uh, I think he spoke a little bit about, I don't know if he spoke totally about the election. I didn't hear it all, but he, um, it, it was just really nice that my son, understands 21. absolutely yeah but he understands what his father and i instilled in him uh -huh. you know father uh -huh. ex-husband being a teacher school teacher uh, as well he he understood that he's a part of this world and he's an important part of the puzzle for change absolutely yeah that's inspiring yeah. because uh yeah. i, I want to follow up on that too because from california you know working in the schools as i do i'm an educational psychologist and so yeah. We have young adults in our um, exceptional needs program, uh, independent living skills program, and that goes up to age 22. And so even those students, a lot, several of them have voted, you know, and these are kids have that, well, young adults that have been uh, diagnosed as intellectually disabled. Uh, they may oh. have uh, multiple disabilities going on, but even they are politically astute enough to recognize the, the gravity of this moment. So I'm encouraged by all of that in, in a profound way. Uh, besides Rhonda, is anyone else a parent on this, this call right here? Yes, I'm a parent of two uh, young adult males. Okay, what's that been like for you? Because I can only imagine, um, Rhonda's talking about her young son. Um, we can think of a million better things they could be doing besides giving wonderfully motivating speeches during a freaking pandemic. And uh, and and all these uh, cases of police brutality and everything yeah. that we've had to deal with. Um, what's it been like for Rhonda and you to be mothers of black sons during this time? I think it's really um, challenging always, you know, because um, you're fighting um, various elements, you know, in addition mm -hmm. to the children. Mm -hmm. You know, at the same time, um, and I have to say, in being honest, you know, I had this conversation with one of my sons, and um, he was telling me everything that he was reading um, and hearing about as to why he shouldn't vote. Now, you know, my yep. kids are very active and, and have always voted with me, and I've always um, spoken to them, but you know, I had to really sit down and point by point go over because there's a lot of propaganda. There's a lot of conversations that are happening in a lot of our um, various communities, especially um, with our young men. And, um, you know, I that had to be a conversation that I had with him to say, no, this is not, you know, 
all of that is not true, make sure that you know how to cipher what's true and what's not and really um, sit down and go through. And some of our young people are not, you know, wanting to vote for either candidate, you know, mm -hmm. um, those conversations are challenging. They sure are. Rhonda, you want to jump in on that? Yeah, and I have two children as well. Um, they're 10 years apart, you know, both our kids and it's something when they're 10 years apart. Um, <laughs> but they're just alike, you know, they both think like they have some of my ways and uh, my ex-husband's ways, but they have this, um, they have this really, I, I guess I'll say they, they have this advocate spirit and I like that. Mm -hmm. But I've also, you know, I've also been more cautious about both and, and warning them and, and just, you know, just, I, it, it, it makes me a little bit nervous because of the hate that mm -hmm. is so prevalent and so thick in the air. And so as African-American children, you know, me being an African-American mother as well, I am, you know, I am, my talks to them are even deeper and more, you know, well, more in depth about the issues in the world and how they can be a part of it and still be safe. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, it's, it's odd to, it's, it's kind of scary to think that my son who was raised in an area where, you know, it's, um, you know, many cultures, many different cultures, then he goes out and I have to really make sure that he's even more aware, you mm -hmm. know, I've taught him when you get stopped, you know, what happens, what you do, whatever. When in this area, the police that, you know, they're like, Hey dude, what's up? He's like, Hey, what's up? So my, my red flag has gone up. I'm just trying to make sure they're protected. And right. especially during this time when there's so much, so much going on, mm. you know, every time I heard of a hanging, I was calling, where are uh, you? What are you doing? We just had another one last week, Rhonda, out here in California, yeah. in Northern yeah. California. They found another black man hanging from a basketball mm. court. Oh my God. No, and you know, did, you know, he didn't hang himself. No, I just, he I, didn't hang I, Exactly. So, Exactly. Wow. I got to say it too. Yeah, we don't hang ourselves. Come on. I mean, no, okay. come on. Now. Come on. I mean, Rhonda, you I and mean, I and Janae, we, we work in mental health, so we know it happens, right? Mm -hmm. we, we know people exactly. will take their, take their own lives like that, but not publicly. Mm -hmm. Not, not to no. make a statement. Janae, what are mm -hmm. your thoughts on that? Mm -mm. Um, I just wanted to circle back real quick. I have children as well, but I have young children. So my daughters are eight and 13. Mm. And so it's been interesting to sort of have a all of a sudden a crash course in like social justice and racial right. yes. rights, you know, because yes. um, <laughs> it's so prevalent, you know, you can't, you, it's, I think it's a de delicate balance, especially for black parents between wanting to protect your children from all that stuff to a certain degree, but also having to be realistic about what they're going to experience. And because it's so in your face right now, we couldn't avoid it any longer. And I'm not with their dad anymore either, my ex-husband, but luckily we are, have, have been on the same page in terms of how to talk to our girls about mm -hmm. um, what's going on. One thing that I've been really, really grateful for, which I can't say is this, um, the case for several of my friends who have school-aged children, but both of the schools that my girls go to are very progressive and very social justice oriented. So I haven't had any mixed messages coming from the school about where we stand as far as Black Lives Matter and civil rights and social justice. So I've been really grateful for that, that the, that the girls don't have to go to school and experience some of those microaggressions that a lot of other, you know, Black 
black kids have to experience. Yeah, that helps. Now, Rhonda, I know your son is 21, but Janae and Catherine, um, well, Catherine in particular, because as the educator in on this panel, some parents across the country, they may have one computer and three little kids that need to use that one computer in the house. And they'll still consider that family as not necessarily being in need, you know, because they, they assume that if there's a, a computer in the house, they assume that they may have everything that they need. But uh, I imagine that's not as prevalent at the education or at the university level, but having small children as Janae does, uh, I I'm wondering if Janae and you can just talk a little bit about, and Rhonda, you can jump in too, just about the overlap because the lines have been blurred. It's like, am I the parent yeah. or am I the teacher oh, professional? Yeah. Am I the mental health counselor or am I a parent? It's yeah. like, and it's not a parent anymore that I'm a parent because it's apparently <laughs> so crazy right now. I can't distinguish. <laughs> Catherine, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that um, I see it in, from a different vantage. So my again, my children are grown and out of the house, but I have um, undergraduate students that are doing their field experience remotely um, in elementary school classrooms. So we get to see the students that are struggling um, and that sort of thing. Also, this summer, I taught a um, a dual enrollment course. So I taught Philadelphia high school students um, and we were planning to be in a summer bridge setting where they would stay on campus um, and that had to be canceled. So we went remote and most of the time I was spent trying to help them navigate through the online uh, platform because they had just gotten Chromebooks from the district. Yes. And, um, you know, so so I, I, I think that this whole COVID concept or idea in this remote learning is causing a lot of stress. This is Angel on Sax, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host DJ Rome on KCWG, thetruth.com, best internet radio on the planet. Don't forget who you are. Baby, pray these words may hug you, baby Look into the mirror, say I love you daily Remember your light when the world seems shady You born with it, adorned with it A gift to the world, gon' give it Fearlessly made, no need to be afraid Angels are with you, the path is laid Wait in thoughts of you being a star Truly you'll shine by seeing who you are Reflections of you, reflections of me Your beauty, more than any eyes can see This is KCWG, the truth.com's program is called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. 
That was the amazing Rhonda Clark. We also have Janae Akbar, as well as Catherine Norris. We're just breaking it down. This is our, uh, our closing argument before uh, the last day of the election for the 2020 election season. We're breaking it down, y'all, representing the states of Philly, excuse me, that's not a state, Pennsylvania, as well as Michigan, and Delaware a little bit. Okay, Catherine, just a little bit. <laughs> but Catherine, one of the first lines of uh, communication that students have is through their instructor sometimes. And that's usually the first sign that we get that some of our young adults are struggling. And so being able to build that bond as best you can, even during this pervasiveness of distance learning is very key to what I do, because that's usually the first indication that I get that somebody's in trouble. Um, have you experienced, you know, before I go to uh, Rhonda and Janae, have you experienced any cries out for help you know, just in terms of your students, just feeling a sense of being defeated, overwhelmed, uh, increased levels of depression about the amount of work and the, the lack of facility to actually uh, keep up with the pace of current events and life events. Uh, Catherine, have you seen very much of that? Um, absolutely, in two different roles. So uh, currently mm -hmm. I'm serving in a role as professor um, and I've had a student come to me. Well, first we had to make sure that this particular student had um, uh, you know, a laptop. So we ordered a laptop from the university and the laptop had to be shipped out. It came late. And then when it came, it wasn't right. And, you know, so, um, so those types of things, student falling behind in her work, um, just feeling overwhelmed, not having access and struggling. And then I also have several students in my uh, undergraduate course that have very active home lives, meaning so they're not on campus right now. So they're in the house. They don't want to turn their camera on. They don't want to turn, right. don't even want to turn the microphone on to talk. I had one student that say it's too much going on in the background. Can I type my responses in the chat? So those are, and then some of these students are finding themselves that they are being punished and that they are being um, disciplined from professors uh, if they don't. <laughs> cameras or if they don't turn on their chat. So there's a lot going on there. I'm also serving in a role of special assistant to the dean as an interim position and I deal with student dispositions and I've been getting a lot of people wanting to write students up for things that I and I'm pushing back and saying maybe recommend them to the care team right now because uh, students are really experiencing a lot right now. And we don't want to discipline um, and, you know, and, and handle everything in one way when it might be actually more uh, care that they're needing in this particular circumstances. Mm -hmm. I'm glad they're advocating for yeah. that because this is not a shut up and dribble. I would like to ask, are, is, what's the demographic uh, breakdown of, of where Janae and you teach? Are, are we talking about mainly a certain demographic of students or a variation? So, um, most of the students that are in our, it depends on the program. So if you are teaching, I think Janae teaches in Philadelphia, so her demographics are very different. Most mm -hmm. of my students are probably um, white female because they're in teacher education majors. But some of the students that have been coming to me expressing the issues have been our students of color. So in Westchester has a like um, like Catherine said, we have a ma the main campus, which is in Westchester, and then we also have a Philadelphia campus. And that campus, the demographics are very different. So the students that I see on main campus tend to be also more white women and younger. In Philadelphia campus, they tend to be a little bit older and more diverse in terms of race and age. Um, I think maybe we have probably, uh, I think probably 
maybe like 50 or 60 percent of the students on the Philadelphia campus are students of color. Well, check this out before I go to Rhonda. Um, Lori Laughlin, the, the the mother that just got caught up in that college admission scandal. She didn't just get yeah. caught, but she got uh, caught. Yeah. She, mm -hmm. she got caught. All right. So <laughs> she she's starting her prison sentence. And by the way, she was able to pick and choose when she served her time and which prison she served her time. How many people of color are afforded that same privilege? Okay. So when you speak <laughs> about the demographics that Janae and uh, you deal with, Catherine, um, it, it, how much flexibility as a professor, Catherine, do you have to, so, you know, modify assignments? And, you know, I, I hear that you're advocating to make sure that they're not too, they're pressing down too much on these students. And are they, afforded more privilege because they're more white females than anybody else? I, this is psychotic bump school. I, I, I'm just curious. Is, <laughs> it, is, is, it, is there any equity there? And how much leeway as a professor do you have to modify people's work if they need a break? Um, I think that I'm, I'm lucky this semester because most the, the two classes that I'm teaching are um, culturally immersive programs and, and so they're with faculty that are focused on social justice and equity. So we're probably a little bit more, um, and I I'll put it in quotes, lenient when it comes to things like assignments and giving alternative options or allowing students to have their cameras off or allowing them to participate in different ways while still um, making sure that we have high expectations for them. Um, so I really think it's going to depend on where you are at the university, which department you're in, which program you're teaching out of. Um, I, I like to think that, you know, um, I am very flexible when it comes to um, what I expect of the students, but I still do hold high expectations for the students. Well, that's that's a relief, and I think that's the the balancing act that that that's required, you know, to hold people accountable. But Rhonda and Janae, I mean, I agree with Catherine, and there's a part of me that is compassionate, but then there's another part of me, and I hate to say this, I mean, I do mental health and I try to be fair, but there's a part of me that's like cry me a river. Because yeah, yeah, we're, we're yeah. catching hell as black folks. I'm yes. sorry, right? That's we're right. Tired, you know, so go ahead. <laughs> yeah, break it down. I, I'm I'm gonna just leave it right there. We <laughs> no, you're. I agree. This is Rhonda. I agree. I, I was going to say Rhonda, and uh, and then I would I'll um be quiet and let you both. Talk. <laughs> no, no, you. No. So one of the things that I and I just had this kind. I'm I'm. I'm kind of button in just because this just came up. So sometimes when there's a student of color and they do have, you know, you know, a lot of issues and we do, we tend, not all of us, but a lot of us will come with financial barriers or what have you. Sometimes those who are socially justice oriented individuals mm -hmm. give us too much of a pass. And this came up like we had, you know, she can't not turn in any assignments. Like, right. Makes you mm. so having that conversation like yes be fair yes be yes understand the circumstances but still expect them to work and and perform and right. lower your expectations for the students so so there is a balancing act that you have to have that some people struggle with and i'm sorry Rhonda, i'll let you go ahead and finish it's no, like no, thank you. of like having less expectations for black and brown students and mm. you know and I, and i and i you know we struggle with that too in our department and i try to encourage everybody, hold a line where we have a standard, we want people to meet it. We don't want to set 
people up for failure when they leave the department, leave the university and go out and are working in the real world. So yeah, I think it is a mix between being empathic and compassionate, but also making sure that students meet the standards so that they can get what they need out of our department from the classes. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I agree because at the same time, we don't want to, you know, you don't want to enable a person to not be able to do what is necessary because, you know, being responsible, even as a therapist, you know, now lately, you know, the news and, and you see commercials about uh, mental health and go see your therapist. And, and um, as a therapist, when I sit back and I look, and it's two parts of me, it's the strong will woman in me who came from strong will women and all brothers, you know, and then it's the compassion in me that will always be there and the love for, for people that will always be there. But as a therapist, I like for people to tap into what they have, what is built inside of them, the resilience, the strength, and to understand how to use that to maneuver in this world and to succeed at whatever it is they choose. Mm -hmm. The other side of that is that we have, you know, when we're talking about the way education is going now, as, uh, and I talk, if I'm thinking as a therapist, we have all kinds of issues that are different, that are gonna arise that are different because we have children that are not in class, teenagers that are not in class with somebody, you know, maybe looking over their shoulder to give them a nudge or a push. So when you have things like ADD, ADHD, um, mm -hmm. other mental health issues that impact a child's learning, not that, you know, are, not, not, that, may, not that will prevent them, but they don't have the same environment um, and they're at home with parents and the parents are fighting, you know, for a 17 year old or a 16 year old or even an eight or nine year old or 12 year old to get online and do something that's much different than they've ever done. And if you add in that somebody is, has a struggle with focus or they're depressed as you were talking about earlier. And I like what everybody said on here because I agree with all of it. So it's so many different um, aspects uh, aspects of why this is a struggle currently for children, teenagers to be online and for uh, people like Janae and Catherine who are in the educational system to have to deal with this and balance you know, their reactions and response to where they don't enable, but at the same time help. And I get it and it's a struggle, but I, I'm, I'm listening to women and, to, to, and also to you, DJ Rome, who you guys have it handled because it's just a matter of balancing our approach and understanding and seeing what we need to see in that person and how to meet them where they are and help them to get where they need to go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think the, the absolute best part of what I, what you just said was being able to recognize it. Cause Janae said yes. as a parent is like, look, it, this ain't going to be perfect. It's like, let it go. Because right. One thing we can right. really be, we could do a lot of harm to ourselves if we just expect ourselves to perform at a, a level as if none of this really matters. You know, I, I keep hearkening back to Doc Rivers, not this most recent comment when he so beautifully laid out uh, that, that speech after this most recent playoff game where he says, it's amazing how black people love this country, but this country just doesn't love us back. Isn't and that something? It's mm. something because it's so exhausting and people don't understand some, you know, and, you know, one of you mentioned the skepticism that some of the young people have in this election cycle is like, why should we, why should we even vote for Biden? I mean, ain't nothing going to change. The hood didn't look any different under Obama than it does yeah. under Trump. So why should I vote at all? And when people have that sort of, they sort of bought into this idea of powerlessness, 
-hmm. And this idea yes. of helplessness, uh, it, it renders us a certain state of uh, complacent. And so I'm just wondering, you know, between Janae and um, Rhonda, the, the parents of these students or the just your clients in general, Rhonda, uh, what are they saying? I mean, you we've been kind of alluding to it already, but um, I'm also looking for glimmers of hope and optimism in a time where, especially where you are, because Flint, you know, was was in the news several years ago under Rick Snyder, who you yes. know, <laughs> let the water go, the water system go really Ooh. hardly there, and he endorsed Joe Biden. So I asked a, a brother who was on last week, Nicholas Mays, about how Flint voters feel about Joe Biden, given that they feel like Michael Moore exposed the fact that Barack Obama really didn't sip the water when he came to visit a few years ago. And I have my own thoughts about that because, you know, he was he was up there speaking and, you know, Michael Moore said, you know, Obama let us down. He didn't help us. So this is the guy that was standing next to Joe Biden. So why should we trust him, too? So what it, what are what other issues, you know, around this coronavirus, around this election, around education, Rhonda, you're seeing clients who are bringing all these issues to your doorstep. And like many people, even out here in California, who are therapists uh, and clinicians, Rhonda, we're swamped. So yes, what, what my are schedule you is full every week, full every my week. Schedule full from morning, from morning till evening. And I, you know, I love what I do. And so it doesn't bother me, but the increase, like there's no decrease in, in people, in patients coming in because uh, of coronavirus, there's no decrease. And so since there is an increase, um, that, sh that, that, that's enough right there to tell you that it is, and I don't mean enough like that. I just mean, you know, it, it shows that um, people are stressed and overwhelmed. And on top of some people having children, they have to go to school or um, not having jobs or staying at home. And I'm talking about in general, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, um, and I have to make sure to, even though I, I, I feel and understand and have compassion, I have to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm still strong and resilient enough to help somebody else to tap into their strength and to move past what's going on. Because, you know, like you said, okay, like when, when you gave the example of the parents saying, okay, hey, we just have to make the best basically of what it is. You can't stay stuck. And that's, that's, that's my theory. You know, you can't stay stuck where you are. You can, it's just a choice, but let's see what we can do to get you past this, deal with the problems at hand, get you to cope with it better, have a different outlook on it, change your perception and keep moving. And let's do what you can do. Your circle of control, what's in your circle of control. Okay, what's out of your circle of control. Okay, and you know, my mother used to have a saying, um, that's it was a serenity prayer and it was, um, to, yes. you know, to be able to accept the things that you, you know, you have to basically and to change what you can't change. And she used to, I mean, to accept what you can't change, change what you can change. My mm -hmm. mother threw one in there when she was alive. She said, and sometimes to change the things you cannot accept. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. to change the things you cannot accept. And I'm good for changing things I cannot accept because it's a whole lot I can't accept. So I'm a fighter, you That's know, right. and right. I think because of that, of my nature, it's helping me to help other people. Because like I tell them, it's your work. You're the one who's doing it. I can sit here all day and suggest it, but you're the one who really has to do the work in your life. Mm -hmm. And I always remember that. And um, I'm just seeing a lot of stress, a lot of stress, a lot of stress. I can't say mm -hmm. that, you know, people are stressed. People are overwhelmed. People mm -hmm. are, uh, they're not understanding. And like you said, so even not just kids mm -hmm. are, are wondering, or teenagers are wondering why should they vote? 
and I'm not talking about even as a clinician, I'm just talking about in general, you know, because as a clinician, I'm careful with what I say. So right. nobody even thinks I'm talking about them. I'm talking about in general. And mm-hmm. as a therapist that's been a therapist for, for a few years now, you know, people are just fed up with what's not being done, you know? So there is hard for them sometimes to trust either party. Right. You know, it's like, it's like you said, um, you know, why should I trust you when you didn't do this and things are still the same here? Why mm-hmm. should I trust you? Cause you didn't do anything at all. So maybe I just shouldn't vote. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I see more people ready to vote than ever before. Yes. Ever before. Ever. And I mean, I mean, ever before ever <laughs> ever ever <laughs> ever ever janae so, i'm wondering um between Catherine and you i mean like rhonda said uh it, it's a lot and just i've emphasized on this show quite a bit putting the oxygen mask on ourselves first as service yeah. providers because Catherine, i know you've gotten tired during this time just from you know being the mom of adult kids yes we're out of the house but you're still teaching during a pandemic so janae i'm just wondering between Catherine and you, what have you, can you pick up the baton right there in terms of things you've done to sort of uh, engage in self-care during this time so that you can preserve your the best of your best so that you could be there for your clients? Yeah, for sure. I want to um, circle back one, just real quickly. Yeah. One thing that I've been hearing a lot about um, from social workers a lot is the, the same thing that that you've both been saying about people really not being happy with either one one of the clients, you know, like people are saying like Biden's campaign slogan should be, you know, Biden sucks, vote for Biden, right? Like, because it's like, you know, the lesser of two evils. And But the social workers are having this conversation about like, is it really the less, lesser of two evils? And so mm-hmm. I've been hearing lots of folks very critical of Biden and his, you know, policies in the past, very critical of Kamala Harris and some of her policies from when she was was she, um, I guess, uh, DA in, uh, in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And so really talking about paying a lot of attention to the more local elections um, mm-hmm. further down the ballot that really can impact what happens in your community. You know, understanding that the, you know, the, the larger election, the presidential election is important, but really focusing on some of those city council races and races that are in the community that will, you know, you'll be able to see an impact change right away. Um, and But in terms of self-care, you know, it, it's a struggle. You know, I work a lot. I, I do have a small private practice too, even outside of my, um, you know, teaching at Westchester. Um, I see mostly kids um, or teenagers who have experienced trauma. Um, I think that just overall outside of this pandemic, you know, it's, it's, as a sort of a black woman living in this society, you got to be protective of your psyche and your space and your and yourself yes. and your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've been even more conscious of that. I have lots of good people that I surround myself with that I can um, that help me sort of bring back bring me back to reality. I have people who will tell me if they think I'm not well. You know, you need to take a break today. You need to take a day off. You've been on Zoom eight hours today. Log off. Don't answer the phone. Close your screens down. Um, and I appreciate that, folks. That don't just you know tell me to keep working, but it'll tell me it's time for you to take a break. I have you know great supportive family that'll do the same thing as well. And I've been really happy with you know I know lots of folks struggle with their work environment, but I've been really lucky to have. Have a department where we really value wellness and so um 
I am able to, you know, talk to my coworkers and my colleagues in a way that is real about what we're all experiencing and, and just say, okay, no more meetings the rest of the day. Can this wait? Is this an emergency? If not, let's shut it down till next week or, or tomorrow or a few days from now. And so, you know, I think it's still a struggle because you got to find your way and you still have to get up every day and deal with the kids and deal with school and deal with work. But I, I, for one, have been very grateful for the people that I have around me that have been um, very supportive and, and helpful. Oh, it makes a difference. A yeah. We we had sadly, I mean, we were talking about uh, black people that have been found hanging publicly. Right. Uh, earlier this year during this pandemic, um, where I am, we lost a teacher to suicide. Yeah, we did too. Wow. Yeah. So, any tips? What, wow. what in terms of self care, Catherine, that has worked for you? Yeah, I have to be honest. I have been working nonstop since. Mm -hmm. I really haven't had a break, um, but I'll tell you what I have done uh, to try to uh, maintain um, some sanity on this end. Um, I have come off of some committees, you know, I have um, turned down more um, speaking engagements and those kinds of things. Um, when the whole George Floyd protests first started happening, uh, there were people that wanted to do book club meetings and they were calling me up and and, you know, I just wasn't in the mind space to do that. And I was able to say no. Um, I was able to say no. I, you know, I, I'm glad that you're doing the work. Here are some books that I suggest for you, but I'm going to sit this one out. So just being able to say no, sit things out. Um, I'm hoping that shortly, I, I don't think I get a break until the week of Thanksgiving, but I would like to kind of shut everything down for a, a while and, and mm -hmm. really you know, relax and take time, but definitely um, picking and choosing what you engage in, picking and choosing uh, the online fighting and, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, just disengage from those types of things um, um, is, has been really important. I want to circle back to something that uh, Janae said. Um, she talked about uh, not only focusing on the presidential election, but also the smaller um, elections as well. I, I think when people feel very disillusioned with both sides, they have a tendency to say things aren't going to change because we're kind of almost waiting for a savior. When Barack came into office, yes. we wanted a savior to come in and do the work for us. I think Janae yeah. is right that we need to absolutely focus on those other elections too. But then we also have to understand that the work is with us you know we yes we vote and yes we get someone in office but they're not going to say biden is not, if he wins he's not going to come in to save us either no, absolutely <laughs> right right we got a lot of work to do absolutely. no matter what has to be done and it can't stop on Tuesday election day. Um, I will be voting in person because in Delaware uh, we did not have early voting. We do have where you could vote um, through mail-in ballots, um, but I chose uh, to go in. Uh, so I will be going in um, on Tuesday and I'm excited about that, but I definitely understand that that work is you know, just beginning um, when, when the election is done. And lastly, I wanted to say, and I'm circling back to uh, what we were talking about earlier, um, this idea that everyone is burned out and everyone is, I think that nobody's speaking to the fact that we are pushing children in a way that is not developmentally appropriate. Mm -hmm. So I'm a specialist. So true. 
Yes. And so I, you know, I'm developmental, you know, so I understand and, and, and know what kids developmentally are able to do. So I'm hearing about five-year-olds that are sitting at the computer for eight hours or six hours a day. And mm -hmm. that is not development as not breast practice. Um, yep. And push the, the education systems kind of being pushed by parents who want to make sure that their kids aren't missing out. But at the same time, we're doing things that are not appropriate or developmentally um, um, aligned to what kids need. So mm -hmm. we need to think a little bit more about what we're doing um, to our kids. So true. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's very, very um, inappropriate to expect kids to do something that they've never done before and not have uh, the foundation to 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 um, do it in a uh, well to make it to where it's easier or you know because because it's so difficult what I keep hearing is um, the links are up but you know um, it's not really clear or the kids are not they're well be, they they're way behind because getting to the assignments were not um, as easy. I mean, it's, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. And so you have the stress of the parent, the stress of the child, uh, or even teenagers, you know, because I mean, <clears throat> yes, this is a computer era to be on area, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, kids are more fluent with computers and technology, but this is different. We're talking about somebody, I'm not saying this to be <laughs> rude, but they threw up a a site and said, you know, get at it, go do it the best you know how. Mm -hmm. And it's like 50 things you have to do to get to one assignment. And I mean, that's exaggerating, but that's what it, that's what it seems like. And that's what I've been hearing. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's stressful. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're expecting kids to stay focused on something they don't understand. You, you know, everybody on here knows that when you're, when you, when you're not, your focus comes, your attention comes from whatever you're focused on. That's when you do well, whatever you, you know, you enjoy, you like. If your focus is not there, your full attention is not there. And right. then you have a problem. Absolutely. You have a major problem. Major. And we're talking about depending on whether a child fails or goes to the next grade. Mm -hmm. So that's in the forefront too. So now you have that on them. And at the same time, um, unrealistic expectations. Mm. that they don't feel they can meet, nor can the parent. What does the parent feel like they can meet? Right. Not that it's impossible, but you have to have the tools and the foundation to make it successful. And it just does not seem to be there. Yeah. 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 Mirror staring face to face The daily paper chase Transformations taking place Call it amazing grace Twinning like my inner face Caught on my sleeve Honestly my database Is fairly caught up to speed Harsh reminders of my race Shit is harder to breathe House arrest without the ankle brace The fall of disease Which one should I be fearing most? A virus or a system? Corona shit ain't coming close The violence on my sisters And brothers we can list them Be peaceful they don't listen Be sick of playing victim my anger is the symptoms The world can't deny it or hide this shit any longer No more being silent, they violent but say we squander So make believe, perfect dealt hand, truth is we stronger But painfully we still seeing strange through over yonder The tragedy is back to back, hit us more than army stats Corporations copycat lies, how could it not be that? The air is feeling different, my temperature changed My people sick of the statistics, our temper in flames We fighting hand to hand for all the Sandra Bland Rihanna Taylor's real demands Rage is all they understand 
In the mirror staring face to face In the mirror staring face to face Different worlds come head to head Lately been seeing red I barely make it out of bed Fearing what's in store ahead These fireworks spin every night Similar to Waco But kinda worse cause every hood Thinking they heard of Draco Fam ain't come to visit yet Feels crazy to complain the love, I can't diminish that But it's been eight years and some change Feeling like I'm estranged, it's really hard to explain But convo's keeping me sane somewhat Still it's been a strain, looking at my reflection Everything appears the same, but need a piece for protection Living dolo ain't a game, my neighbor let me hold his machete I wish a nigga would demeanor, try me, I'm ready False sense of security still, weight up is heavy I'm wondering how long I can chill when making pennies Many a drain, thankfully I'm feeling recharged And lately I've been hit with big reminders of God Survivor's guilt, cause many ain't beating the odds Often Hi, this is Rhonda Clark. You're listening to DJ Rome on Psychotic Funk School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. The beat one time. See your resume like this, this be hard to find. I do have a tendency to do what's great and leave a legacy that's hard to duplicate. See, lyrically, I'm undefeatable. Respect the logo. Stupid if you think that you can test me, that's a no no. Effective with the hits, especially when I went solo and aggressive with the spit. I think you know the cape and I nah. Let's take this back to the real side. The shit that you can really feel, right? See, I do this for the people, all my ladies and gents. Had them breaking down a barricade and jumping the fence. Leader of the newest. Now let them see who the best. Harder to find it, so let it manifest in the flesh. Anytime I touch a microphone, you know I'm a blessed. With the shit that you feel in your gut and your chest. Now I'm bouncing out the building, leave this in the mess. I'm finished up the spots, and now it's back to the rest. Rest, rest, rest. See how we killing with the slow flow. And we got the game in a chokehold. And where I'm going, you won't go. I'm leaving the game, they begging them, don't go. See how we hit them this time. Try to explain to you, bust this shit is circumstantial I am your friend as sure as you have plaques upon your mantle So never doubt your man, come on with the extended hand The only thing I ask of you is just to understand We are the ones your fam, so keep it cool, king, and worry not I'm with you now, let's get chicken rocks we split the chicken in the kitchen like the cocoa rocks I figured that I, my fellow Jedi Have a moment of clarity, with courtesy I speak candidly I am your brother, my brother, so don't move angrily Let the music grab you, why don't you take it back to The times of us, the rhymes used to engage in battle Used to shake like dice, catch an L and pick a fight The cypher used to get destroyed The opponent was rendered void The cheering section was employed So girls and boys say he's nice I know my name, I'm just stomping around in memory hall Let's channel all that good energy into now, that's all The rolly hands are moving rapidly around the stones The abstract and the dragon in the Game of Thrones The seven kingdoms are connected by the microphones We got the glow, bro, ain't no time for beef, bro If your time came before mine, I'd be like, don't go If your time came before mine, I'd be like, don't go now we killin' with the slow flow And we got the game in a chokehold And where I'm going, you won't go I'm leaving the game, they begging them, don't go See how we hit them this time And where I'm going, you won't go I'm leaving the game, they begging them, don't go See how we hit them this time This is K 
KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. That was the amazing licensed professional clinical counselor, Rhonda Clark, out of Flint, Michigan. Uh, we also have Janae Akbar, professor, associate professor out of uh, Westchester University in the beautiful, beautiful state of Pennsylvania, Philly to be exact. And we have our good sister, Catherine Norris, educator, also out of Westchester by way of Delaware, also straddling that fence between Delaware and Pennsylvania. Well, ladies, um, I can't thank y'all enough for being here, but I can't let y'all go just yet without, I, I, I gotta have a closing uh, solvo with this because I'm already in trouble, y'all. Y'all know why I'm in trouble? Because <laughs> right. Joe Biden is gonna win this election in a landslide. And the reason why <laughs> I said that is not because I have a, a, I'm not Nostradamus or anything like that, but I was concerned months ago, I don't feel this concern now, but a few months ago, I was concerned that Trump supporters were fired up. Biden supporters were fired down, meaning mm -hmm. they really because the, the, the voters, the, especially young voters. And this has been a major surprise, ladies. Young voters are very, very sharp and they, they are, they're interested in policy. And yes. They care about the issues in a way that I didn't when I was their age, for sure. But they're they're more uh, policy astute than any generation that I've seen. And so you can't pull the wool over their eyes and just say, just vote for the Democrat just because he's a Democrat. It's like, no, you gotta show me your policy, show me your plan. What are your stances on climate yes. change? Your stances on social yes. reform? What is your plan on uh, environmental protections and uh, um, um, a national minimum wage? I mean, where are you with these things? You yeah. know, tuition-free college, where are you on these things? And show and prove. OK, now you yes. all did on something a minute ago, because when they talk about how some people can't distinguish between the two candidates and they end up voting for the lesser of two evils. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes people have to do more of their own research, I have found, because when they start regurgitating talking points what, that they've picked up on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC, that tends to be a very, very damaging echo chamber and people don't venture on their own, take the initiative to go online and read. I mean, y'all been talking about kind of setting boundaries so that you can preserve your self-care so that you can administer support in the amazing ways that you do. But part of that, what I heard all three of you say was that sometimes you got to unplug. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Turn the noise off. Mm -hmm. Open a book or open a newspaper article and read up to five or 10 of them a day that are speaking to these issues that you say you care about. And you will see clearly that there is a distinction between the candidates. They wanna pin Joe Biden to the mat about this 1994 crime bill. And I can't recall, but I don't think the crime bill killed 230,000. Right, Trump right. is causing harm today, you yeah. know? Exactly. <laughs> and Trump would exactly. still that plan today. Biden, even Biden has denounced that plan. And that's the same plan that the CDC, the Congressional Black Caucus, that is CBC, endorse that plan. A lot of black ministers and pastors across the country supported yeah. that crime bill. So it wasn't just Joe Biden. And so even Joe Biden is humble enough to admit that that crime had some, or excuse me, that crime bill has some unintended consequences that we need to look at and be careful about before we institute policies now. And every doggone thing about black people is not about criminal justice. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not all criminals. Right. Come on now. Don't right. be throwing out these rappers out here trying to uh, sway the, the young black vote. That's oh, been the from Trump. It's like, oh, look, Ice Cube is supporting us. Look, we got Lil Wayne and Lil Uzi Vert. No, and, nope. It's like, no, that's not going to work, player, because 
we're yeah. smarter than that. And so mm-hmm. we're not playing no games with you. So for anybody out there that's worried about this election, DJ Rome has already gone out on a limb. So I got to deliver. But the reason why I did it, and I'm going to say it again, I don't think I said it clearly a minute ago. Trump supporters have been fired up, up till yeah. now. Biden supporters have been fired down. And there's been no enthusiasm. I'm happy to hear earlier, I think it was both Janae and Catherine were saying that they were seeing some Biden-Harris signs around town. We don't have a lot of that around here where I'm at. Really? Okay. I, I feel it though, and I'm confident because the one thing that Trump's supporters and Trump has as an advantage, it doesn't have to be true for him to make it a declarative statement. Doesn't have to have any kernel of truth exactly. whatsoever. All he does is just keep repeating it over and over again until it starts to stick with his base and all of a sudden they're fired out. All he has to yell is fake exactly. news. That's all he has to do. Fake news. Mm-hmm. They're trying to go mm-hmm. vote for him and they line up. They'll put aside all of his imperfections and we know there's a ton of them, but they'll put all of that aside and go vote for him. They'll line up and go vote for him. So I said, forget it. Because at this time, the Lakers hadn't won the championship. I'm a Lakers fan. So I was like, look, I'm going, I'm from LA. I'm going for my team. I don't know if they're going to win. If they don't win, you know, I'm going to be disappointed, but I'm going for my team. But exactly. politics is the same way. And I've had to learn how to extract as much emotion out of this process as much as possible. So that like someone said a moment ago, we're going to have to fight no matter who wins. That's, a That's right. Absolutely. It's not over. It's just getting started. It's just, just getting started. You don't have to fight period. So I'm prepared to accept either outcome, but given what I've seen from posters, not polls, ladies and gentlemen, because mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't ride the polar coaster. You can't mm-hmm. do that because mm-hmm. it's too stressful. Mm-hmm. It's too stressful. It's like a horse race. It you, is. You're trying to see who's up and who's down and you know who's slamming who. It's like, no, listen to pollsters. Don't pay attention to the polls because the pollster, this is the science. Okay? Especially if they're not accurate. We don't know that exactly. they're accurate. We know yeah. somebody's hand is in the cookie jar and it's a crooked hand. Yes, a crooked hand in the cookie jar. Still still in the cookies. You got to write so, a song about that. You got to write a song about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, a crooked know, right? hand in the cookie jar. But <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of ranting a little bit, but I'm just saying. No, I love what you're saying. I love ladies it. Ladies and gentlemen, look, th- this is where I'm at because, and I'm going to land with this and I'm going to turn it over to you ladies to, to chime in and add your, your final thoughts. In California... There seems to be a very, very desperate last gasp of Trump supporters. They think he's ahead. And I love it. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it because they are so overconfident right now, despite the fact that he's been pulling ads from Michigan, Rhonda. He's been pulling ads from Pennsylvania, Catherine and Janae, because he don't have mm-hmm. money. And some people mm-hmm. feel like his lead is substantial enough that they feel like they have that area locked up. But it's no coincidence that this character, Trump, I mean, was campaigning in Nebraska not too long ago. I had a guest on from Nebraska last week because we could see that the the, the delegates are awarded awarded by congressional district. And if Biden and who's leading and competitive in those districts, if he can sway voters in that region, he can win some electoral votes from Nebraska, which is deep red as heck. Mm -hmm. So that's why I had a a voter on here last week from Nebraska. This race the battleground states, I mean, the reason why I wanted uh, Janae and um, Catherine and Rhonda here, ladies and gentlemen, these are so-called battleground states. But Dr. William Barber out of North Carolina said it best. A battleground states is where you battle. It's like right, right. they have flattened out this map so much that the Biden is competitive everywhere where traditionally he shouldn't be. But the fact that he is speaks to what's happening in this country. I'm telling you, 
Folks are yeah. tired of this childishness. They're tired of yeah. this foolishness. They're tired of the games. They're tired of the incompetence. And by the time you hear this recording, two days ago on Friday, recorded the highest level of coronavirus cases mm -hmm. in one single day, 100,000 in one day. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. is out there talking about the numbers of cases are going down. They're not going down. We're tired of it. That's Sky right. Still blue, y'all. Grass mm -hmm. is still green. This is not a game. Fake news. There's no such thing as fake news. There's fake Trump. Okay. Right. Is right. fake news. Okay. Right. You can trust the posters. You can trust these professionals who've been doing this work for all this time. Are you going to go to your mechanic when you got a toothache? No, you're going right. to go to a qualified <laughs> expert. Right. Plan. Stop love it. Trump don't know what he's doing. He does yeah. not know what he's doing. And I mean, the bottom line is, though, his voters don't care. They, they don't care about the truth. So. I know. And so one last thing, you are absolutely right. They don't care. And this is the saddest part, because I mentioned Ice Cube and Lil Wayne and all that. You black men, you brothers. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Brothers. You brothers out there that are falling for this okie doke. He told y'all last year, two years ago, that they have a chance to get 20% of the black male vote because they see the numbers going up from Mitt Romney to this last election with Hillary Clinton, the rise in support for the uh, Republicans among black men was growing. Sisters, the reason why I got y'all here, y'all always get it right. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to worry about y'all. Yeah, there's gonna be a few <laughs> Katrina Pearsons out there and some can dance only. <laughs> I don't be tripping off a of can dance either, okay? they. I mean, God bless them, but we, we can't save everybody. But you brothers out there, there's nothing more, uh, and you can vote for who you want, but see, the, the thing is, uh, well, I'm not even gonna speak on that, but I'm not, we, we can't afford to worry about them because the vast majority of black men are gonna vote uh, for the Democrat, okay? But for all you disaffected ones, this is who I'm trying to talk to. You mm -hmm. disaffected voters who are disappointed with Barack Obama and now don't trust Joe Biden either, here's what I gotta say. It's like, you gotta get over that heartbreak, okay? Mm -hmm. You got to get right. over the hardware because it's, it can't be like your first kiss where you think this is going to be forever. Okay. You, gotta put it right. in okay? you guys didn't push Barack Obama during his first two terms in office. And for that reason, you feels like he escaped out of the bathroom window on your first date when you thought that first kiss was going to mean you could be together forever like a fairy tale. It ain't a fairy tale. You got to do the thing. Okay. And you got to keep swinging. If you lose your vote as a progressive voter, you got to keep on campaigning. Uh, the That's sister right. Cori Bush did it in uh, Tennessee or in Ferguson. Cori Bush found a way to win. She got her butt kicked during that blue wave in 2018, and she came back and beat the guy that beat her two years ago by 20 points. She's <laughs> going to Congress now. Cori Bush, a sister, a nurse, a registered nurse mm -hmm. who was out there protesting for Michael Brown, a progressive candidate, flipped the script. Y'all got to keep swinging. Y'all got to keep right. swinging. You're far more likely to get something done with Joe Biden than the other candidate running against him. So just keep that in mind. And I'll just say this one last thing. And I promise I'm gonna get some feedback from you ladies. Trump supporters are fired up still. They're loud as heck, but I'm telling you the silent majority that they think they have is not on their side. Okay. I remember I the women's that. march. I remember the women's march the day after Trump was sworn in in 2017, the biggest march in history. Those women voters are voting now. Okay. Mm. I remember mm. the Parkland shooting when uh, the, the, the school shooting with the high school in the Parkland, they demonstrate the March for Our Lives race and rally in 2018. Those kids are aged up and they're, they're ready to vote and they're fired up and the numbers show it. I'm not just talking, yeah. the numbers show it. The youth vote, yeah. we've been talking about it during this conversation. Okay, the youth vote is fired up and they're engaged and they remember that crap and they're sick of it. 
Okay. Yes. So I'm worried about your numbers on the Trump side. I ain't worried about y'all. And then lastly, I'm so glad I got Philly on this call right now. Y'all remember <laughs> that Black Lives Matter march with that aerial view of all those marchers marching in Philly after George Floyd? It, yeah. If you have a chance to pull that up, you will be, a, that, I mean, first of all, all those Trump people that are out there right now, they ain't voted. I mean, are they registered to vote? I mean, people out there screaming Trump, 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 are they voting? Okay, we mm -hmm. got numbers too. So you got to get them to the vote. You got to get them to the polls. They got to cast a ballot and vote. So I ain't worried about that. The numbers on the side running against them are far more profound than Trump can produce. Look, go out and vote. We're going to vote. He's going to lose and he's going to leave, period. I think you're right. And I think Ooh. they know that. And that's why they're scared. But I think the elephant in the room is all there. You know, they know they can't win. So they're not playing fair. So they're, you know, Russian oh. efforts. They're trying to get the, the, the ballots thrown out. They're trying to keep people from yes. voting. And yes. so that's really what I'm concerned about. I believe that um, that you know, folks on the Democratic side are voting and they're turning up in numbers that we haven't seen before. But the other side of that is that the Republicans know that and they're doing everything in their power to prevent those votes from counting. Yes. And yes. So that's the part that I'm worried about. Can I respond to that before Did, I hear from Rhonda and Catherine? Oh, you're go ahead, right. sweetie. Yes. You're absolutely right. Because I, um, I've been telling people that there are certain things, and I think Rhonda said it earlier, if I have to focus on what I can't control. Yeah, okay. you're right. My job is you know, I got this small platform here and I'm blessed to have it. So I've been talking crap on this for a few <laughs> months now. I took four ballots into a, a government certified voting station, a Dropbox location. Okay. And in the sense, I've taken people's to the polls. I've donated more money than I've ever donated before to about five or six different campaigns to help flip the Senate. Okay. Yeah. There's certain things that we know, the chicanery and the trickery that's going to come from the other side. Yeah. They're going to do what they're going to do. But yeah. bottom line is this. We got to stand in our truth. Yeah. We got to stand in our yeah. truth. I can focus only on what I can control. Rhonda and you have been talking about it. And Catherine, y'all been talking about it. It's like, this is what I can control. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take some ballots. I'm going to donate money. And I'm going to talk crap on this platform. And the silent majority that represents people like me, they can't be polled, okay? Right. They're not gonna show up in the poll number because I don't answer my phone when them posters call because I don't want them to know how I'm gonna vote. Well, if they neither, they neither. But no, the silent majority can't be polled. And so they gonna do what they gonna do. We gonna do what we gonna do by focusing on, on what we can control. Rhonda, what did you wanna say? No, I, you know, I just, this is what I, I believe. Um, I think it was Janae that said it. My concern, and, and then I go back to my circle of control and what's out of your control. But it's not that we we're not winning, DJ Rome. I think that we are. I think we're ahead, and I think we were ahead in the previous election. I mean, election. But I think this right here. This is what I feel. I feel like, like I said earlier about uh, um, Trump's hand being in the cookie jar. Mm -hmm. I think it's too many, too many um, unethical things going on behind closed doors, mm -hmm. and I think it's out of fear because we are winning. Because I think people very much want him out. Yes. Very much want him out. You have a you you have somebody you know uh, standing as commander in chief making racial statements, mm -hmm. telling people to stand down. Almost saying it for now, but didn't say for now behind it. 
Absolutely. you know, but people perceiving that that's what he's saying. So starting almost starting a war in his own country, our own country. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How many people, rational thinking people really want to see somebody get up and st- and, 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 and create a war in, in, in their own, no. you know, in their own backyard, right. their own country. Your own house, a house divided, you know, no, no. And that's my concern. But again, this is me. I pray. Mm -hmm. I pray because I always say God is still on the throne. That's what my mother used to say. God is still on the throne. And I mean, literally pray, literally like sitting down, talking like, okay, God, you got to do something. This is, you know, you created this earth, in my opinion, you know, not putting religion on anybody, but I'm just saying, you know, what I, what I believe, you know, is like, you know, please, you know, and, and I say that because even as a therapist, I don't push that on anybody. I can help anybody. And I'm just, but I'm just saying in my personal space, I'm pleading for God to do something because, you know, I need him to step up and do what can't what what you know we can't do because because we can't see it or the public doesn't have the power to go behind closed doors and remove the crooked you know criminal behavior so crooked hand from the cookie jar (laughs) right right, you know but do i believe that we're winning yes do i believe it's a great fear a great fear that democrats are winning i believe more so than can be seen you know Yes, I concur. I concur. And Catherine, um, people who say that, you know, the hood doesn't look any different. Look, Catherine Norris is teaching online because she has to. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the hood didn't look like this under the previous administration. Come on. Y'all, right. y'all, y'all need to lighten up with that stuff and just really do your own critical analysis about what's really going on. Catherine Norris, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I think that you're right in that the Democratic um party started slow and um but i think that covid has pushed people to the polls i think that the racial tensions have pushed people to the poll i think that students are concerned about climate um and they are not happy with what they're seeing and i think they're going to polls in record numbers uh we can only hope that that means that you know there's going to be a landslide and take away you know probability of a close race that might have to be decided by uh, uh, Supreme Court or, or whomever. Um, I, I, I'm hoping that that doesn't happen and that, you know, even with, uh, you know, some of the things that are not being uh, forthright and some of the things that are, um, you know, being problematic in the counting of the votes or what have you, if we win by a, a large margin, I think that that will um, you know, solve that issue. So we hope. So we hope. Absolutely. And I've been discouraged from saying the word landslide, Catherine and Janae, because it's towns like Philly. Yeah, it's towns like Philly. It's like Trump has been calling out Philly in particular, saying there's some shenanigans going on there. You can't trust the vote. And they're trying to suppress voters in Houston, Texas, by throwing out 100,000 ballots because they did curbside voting. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Fortunately, fortunately, a Republican uh, legislator, kicked that back and has not allowed it, but they're open to hearing the argument again just one day before the election. It's crazy. Yeah. They keep on Isn't that just one day before the election, so that'll be a final say. Okay. It, 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 yeah, and there's attorneys and um, uh, legal experts on the ground uh, contesting that right now, and one of them is a brother. He's, he's been on the news talking about it, but yeah, Janae is right, though. They're they going to do what they're going to do. They're going to try their trickery, but look, uh, I'm done. And, you know, when I say landslide, it's tongue in cheek because all we got to do is win by 50 plus one. That's it. Yeah. 
you know. Right. But I, I do that because, like I said, the, the counter on the other side is they're fired way, way up. And yeah. we got to be excited about uh, this process and get engaged. And, you know, and I, I'm preaching to the choir now because the enthusiasm is here. You know, yeah, it's here. The last day of the election is November 3rd. They're fighting like crazy to make sure no votes are counted beyond that, because the same day voters like Catherine is Catherine's going to be a same day voter. And I think you are, too, Rhonda. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. I am, too. I'm going in. Yeah. OK. And today you've already voted. No, I'm going into the poll. I'm going to go vote in person. In person. OK, mm -hmm. so that's the vote that Trump wants to count. And that's the vote that he wants to end the election on is the same day voters, because he knows overwhelmingly that his supporters are not down with wearing masks. They're not down with staying and sheltering in place. That's why they're gathering at his super spreader rallies. So they're going to come out and vote in person. And because of that, the large gap that seems to exist with Democratic voters who have already got their votes in the bank, they know that gap is going to close on election day. And so those votes are, however, not going to be counted before the end of election day on November 3rd, but mm -hmm. the same day votes will. And yeah. he knows that, therefore he's trying to trick the public into thinking that only the same day vote matters because he, know, he knows mostly Republicans are gonna come out and vote on that day. But we all know, okay, until every vote is counted, you know, Rhonda's been saying it y'all, Rhonda's on her knees about this already. It's like, look, it's in God's hands after that. We've done all we can do. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. So we ain't gonna be scared. We're going to be all right in either outcome. We're going to have to fight no matter what. I'm riding with Biden and Harris. Yes. And yep. It's just going to be what it's going to be. Uh, final thoughts from y'all. Uh, we have Rhonda Clark here. We have Catherine Norris and Janae Akbar. Um, thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for letting me run my mouth and vent a little bit. Because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I just got to get some things off my chest. You know what I'm saying? I loved it. I, I loved I, it. Thank I, you I, for I having me. I field a lot of questions and, you know, I, I love to hear from, you know, knowledgeable panelists like the three of y'all, but sometimes I just got to get stuff off my chest, but I can't thank y'all enough for sharing all your insight and wisdom on Psychotic Bump School. Uh, final thoughts from y'all about this uh, panel discussion uh, one day before the election, by the time this is heard, uh, let's go first to Janae Akbar, final thoughts, uh, then Catherine and then uh, Rhonda Clark. Yes, Janae Akbar. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, final thoughts. Thank you for having me. I just really admire that, you know, there's folks out here using their voice to get get us in here and get us talking and spread the word about what we need to be doing to change our community. So I just really appreciate you for that and appreciate um, Catherine for introducing us and for having me want to, you know, drop a little couple pearls of, you know, what my thoughts are. I, I'm oh. very grateful. I hope you'll come back one day. Catherine, I hope Catherine and I didn't scare you off. Uh, you, you'll come back to Sakai Bump School and join us again, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the door is always open. Thank you so much. That was Janae Akbar. Dr. Catherine Norris. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Um, I'm excited and fired up about this election. I'm yes. excited for our young people. I yes. think that showing that they have the spirit and the tenacity to get this work done. Um, yes. And I think that all of us, I'm hoping, will remember that this work is just starting on November 3rd. Absolutely. Well, thank you. You know I'm going to be hitting you up again. So thank you for your contributions heading into this election. And hopefully when we bring you back, there'll be a change in administration. So Catherine, thank you for introducing me to Janae. And you know, you're also welcome to come back here anytime you like. Rhonda Clark out of Michigan, your thoughts. Um, thank you, DJ Rome. And, and nice to meet the ladies. 
uh, Janae and Catherine and, you know, DJ Rome. I love when you just talk. I just listen because you, when you talk, you have so, you, you know, you, you educate, you get so much wisdom and knowledge and, and, and I just love it. And I'm, um, I'm honored to be on your show and uh, my prayer is that people who are listening um, and, and people that are listening are also, you know, just like, like you said, doing the, doing the, the work themselves to go in and not just look at the news and hear what they have to say, go in and see for yourself and get out and vote. Your vote matters. Yes, you know, uh, it matters. You matter. Every individual matter. I tell people all the time, you know, one thing I say in therapy is that life is like a puzzle in many, many ways. Like you look at it and you pour it on the table and it's a lot of pieces. And then, you know, you look and you see that you might not think one piece matters and the other piece matters, but that puzzle is not complete until every piece is there. And then you have a whole picture and you never know the, uh, you know, how much every little piece matters until you look at the puzzle and it's a piece missing. But when you find that piece and you add it, you see that every piece matters. And, you know, and that's, that's how I feel about life. We all matter, get out and vote. And um, I'm very, very um, happy just to um, be on a panel of such um, pa- compassionate um, women and you, um, DJ Rome, and um, to have this opportunity to uh, voice my opinion a little bit as well, well and I- to hear and to hear everybody else and to just have these different views and and to be educated myself by two wonderful women and by you, DJ Rome, as as usual. Right now, you know, people are following those old albums that's been released in the UK and in the United States and in Africa, you know, so you can follow me through the Rhonda Clark um, uh, fan page, Facebook, and just keep up with my music and, um, you know, just keep listening and I'll be back soon. I'll be back soon. Right now I'm being kept alive (laughs) by, Mm -hmm. by, by, by many, many people. And I appreciate that. I appreciate God. And I appreciate that. Yeah, well, you're always welcome here. So uh, thank you so much for dropping those jewels. 2021 can't get here fast enough. Or right. We, got we, two we, months we, left. We can do it, y'all. We got two months it. left. Well, we, we just about <laughs> had enough of this 2020. And uh, we, we're going to usher in 2021, uh, being able to look forward to new music from Rhonda Clark. So uh, thank you so much for that. also want to mention that uh, Catherine is co-author of a book called Social Justice and Parent Partnerships in Multicultural Educational Context, Education Context, uh, available right now. And so uh, this is a talented panel, y'all. So uh, Janae Akbar, thank you as well. So Psychiatry Bump School is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Romy. You know we're here every Monday evening from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Check back with us. We shall return next week. I want to thank Rhonda, Janae, and Catherine for joining us. Make sure you get out and vote, y'all, and we will make a change. I also want to send a shout out to Frank Starks, who is the Iron Man behind the board. We're out of here, y'all. Take care.